A very wet welcome from Moscow on this Friday evening. We it is the well, it's the first Friday in June, but it feels like the last Friday at the end of the world. But we're going to make it happen here on Capital Sports 2.0. I'm Alan Moore, and uh, I'll welcome in right away around the boards. Uh, first, I'll start off over in sunny Florida to Alex B. Alex B, how are you doing? Howdy, howdy. I'm doing great. Given my history of breaking and entering, I decided to maintain a safe and respectful distance from Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> always, always a bad luck. Isolde Cody, how are you doing? Uh, it was raining in Dublin. It's now sunny, so I'm also providing weather updates. Very good. I know you saw a scorching time because my mom was told me it was plus 25 yesterday in Dublin. All very sunburnt in Ireland. Oh, Very sunburned. <laughs> uh, Andrew Flint, how is it out in Chimane with your new haircut? Yeah, yeah, I decided that it was just getting a bit ridiculous. Um, I felt the wind rushing through my hair today. So we're going to start off straight away. Um, big news that that uh, Alex B broke it first. Then he, he told us then that he had actually copy and pasted from an NBA release. But this is some time ago. The NBA is going to restart in Florida. The, that is correct. So there will be 22 teams returning. Uh, the eight teams that won't be coming back are the teams that just wouldn't be able to make the playoffs given their record at the time when the league uh, stopped. So right now they're going to return, and there's going to be eight games. Every team is going to play eight games before there will be a sort of playoff kind of deal for with all the teams that sort of make it in the playoffs will be able to compete again. But the eight teams that uh, – out of the eight teams that didn't get a spot, there will be – a tournament out of those eight teams for the last two spots in every uh, conference. Oh. Now, this is kind of bad news for Vince Carter because he kind of played his last game because the Atlanta Hawks didn't make the playoffs and they were one of the teams that got eliminated. So that's kind of been big, the big thing with Vince Carter because he didn't want any any sort of recognition if you don't want like a last uh tour that like a lot of other nba players got but he just yeah just his last game he scored like five points it's, it's a pity when you see a genuine legendary player who who did so much especially for toronto he brought basketball to toronto yeah um and then he's going out oh. like that um of the eight teams uh, okay atlanta hawks you mentioned already what other teams have missed out alex so yeah so we still don't know what exactly is is going to happen. We know that there's going to be 16 teams in the playoffs. So 22 teams are going to be going in. So that's kind of the, the teams that are uh, the teams that are in sort of still have a chance to make the playoffs. So the A games are going to be deciding that amongst the last 22. Great. So the 14 teams that don't make it are going to become lottery teams and uh, that's going to happen in August, I believe. Okay. So the teams that are returning are going to be the Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, the Heat, the Indiana Pacers, the 76ers, the Brooklyn Nets, the Orlando Magic, and the Washington Wizards. Oh. That's the Eastern Conference. And yeah. from the West, we're going to have the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, Houston Rockets, the Mavericks, the Grizzlies, the Portland Trailblazers, the Pelicans, the Kings, and the Spurs. Oh, and the Phoenix Suns. Okay. So th- those are the teams that are going to be coming back. So the teams that aren't are <laughs> the teams that I didn't name are the ones that aren't coming back. But this, okay. is, no, sort of what, every, this is this is what we need to know. Exactly. Um, the rest of them are just losers, yeah. like, including the Cavaliers, who just seem to have, as you've been noted noting in this last year and a bit, 
that they've just gone into complete collapse. So we'll leave them on, on, on one side. I know they have three arenas and so on and so forth, and one be a practice, two for games. Do you think it's going, like people are going to tune in for this? Because it's going to be basketball kind of two, three games a day, every day. 100%. I believe okay. it. Like, it's been such a long time. Like Everybody's excited for their NBA to come back. Plus, it's only... Every team is only going to play eight games. So that's only like a few weeks of basketball before the playoffs happen. And everybody's going to be watching the playoffs. Alex, will, so, will, they do, yeah. will they do like a series in the playoffs or just a straight knockout game? Yeah, that's what I, sorry. That was, when I was talking about the tournament, I got a bit confused. The tournament is going to be amongst the 22 teams for the, for the eight playoff seeds. Right. I think it's going to be the same kind of playoffs, except they might kind of have um east versus west kind of so they may have like the nuggets and the raptors in the first seed like you know and so on that's great so that would be, that would be interesting that would be interesting because then we could see potentially the lakers and the clippers in the finals uh Esau, um another high profile athlete banned today for another group of mistests Yes, uh, Nazar, who is the 400 meter world champion, she's the third fastest woman in um, history at that um, event uh, behind an East German and a Czech, and I'm saying nothing else there. Okay. However, this is she uh, has missed three tests in a 12 month period. Now, this isn't the first time that the Bahraini athletes have had issues they've had in 2018 and I could be wrong but I'm going to say 17 they had a steeplechase athlete and a marathon winner uh, at both Olympians um, who were served bans or are in the process of serving bans for EPO so if you're missing tests and you're from a stable where questions are being asked currently um, obviously on the provisional suspension until such time as there's the determination but three tests for whereabouts they haven't specified whether um it was for failing to give her whereabouts or just not being there when testers physically arrived but in any event three tests failed so the 22 year old is probably facing a two-year ban is she Bahraini but a two- is, she, is she paid for Bahraini she is a paid for version <laughs> um so uh, that sounds awful but um she's been running for Bahrain I'm trying to think how long she's there for She's Nigerian, uh, but I think she's been there since she was either 13 or 14. I know it was one or other, but Uh she is Nigerian origin. But she's run her entire professional career to date from there. Um, Again, it's another in a list of drugs issues with the Bahraini team. They may be spanning over a few years, but again, it's it's, it's painting a picture. And to be missing tests in a 12-month period, given that the first... Six months of this year, I'd say most people can tell you where they were. It, it's a questionable. Oh, she, she missed them this year, Isolt? She's No, she's missed three in a 12-month period. But if the suspension has come into being now, one would assume that at least one has been in the last six months. Okay. So, okay. Given, so, yeah. Okay. So we've got that. Now, she joins um, Exalted Company uh, from Mofar to Christian Coleman to... A great many others as well, and many of them who have slid by and not been prosecuted. Um, how did she not get off? Like, did she not pay the right? I, I think the, the question is, if you, what, what always fascinates me with this, with whereabouts tests, it's you might as well fail on whereabouts as opposed to do the test. Because you know they're looking for you after tests one and two. 
And if you're cycling, there's no chance you're going to be caught for test three because would you rather have a two-year ban or a four-year ban? She's 22. Her career isn't over as a result of this. So she's put herself actually in quite a good position. It's like, I hate to say it, but if you were to lawyer the issue and you knew you were facing one of the two, you'd go, do you want to take the manslaughter charge or take your chances with murder? Let's not let them find the weapon. So I suppose for her, it's probably worked out. But you know... Whenever I see anything lately about the Bahraini government, I, I assume it's going to relate to boxing, but I was delighted to see it was in fact no, uh, Bahrain and some athletics. That's a, that's a beautiful segue. MTK, Kinahan, he has had a, a kind of a Michael Jordan hagiography written and presented about him that he's such a great guy. Smoke being blown up as his hindquarters. It's a bit icky. <laughs> Hopefully it? it might catch fire. It's... Um, gets more and more alarming so as of today well the 27th of may um mtk basically set out they issued a statement um to say that this historic boxing they're calling it a summit i don't know why was going to happen in bahrain Uh, i know why it's happening there because unfortunately poor daniel couldn't go to the us and certainly couldn't set foot in ireland they had their various parties saying how great this is going to be for boxing, it's going to be historic. And the second statement on the MTK website was a quote from Daniel. So, you know, putting him back on top. The problem is Daniel didn't go away um, from boxing or from MTK, but it was a lot nicer place when they weren't just blatantly pushing him back out there. Because I think the fact that they're doing that is a sign of, we know that there's nothing that's going to change. Yeah. He's going to be... It's, it's sports washing to a level that is so frightening. When you see people being up in arms and people are so vocal in the current climate in particular about talking out about things that are wrong, and this is Ireland's a small nation, the number of people in Ireland alone, let alone globally, affected by his actions and the Kinahan cartel's actions is frightening. So it's, it's a bad day for boxing and it's going to continue to be a bad period for boxing and now MMA until Daniel, you know, visits the US for some unbeknownst reason or someone does an extraordinary rendition and drops him back in Dublin. Or, heaven forbid, one of his uh, crimes or criminals catch up with him. That's the other thing. We're talking, of course, with the, the Russian Premier League coming back on. Uh, I know that mm. Pavel Pogrebniak has pretty much recovered. Uh, he was in the media this week talking about his, his battles with coronavirus and pneumonia and so on and so forth. How many more have uh, co- have been tested positive with coronavirus? The, the there haven't been a great deal of new cases, but we've seen one or two stories being leaked of players recovering. Now uh, um, we had Dmitry Baranov. We mentioned a week. I think it was about a week ago he was reported. So I, I believe he still has. Well, you know, he's, he's not a new case, but he's not recovered yet. Um, well, I think the most interesting thing though is what Pogrebniak himself actually said. Now, a lot of the noise coming out of certainly different media in different regions, but something people need to remember about how it's being dealt with here is the responsibility on how to deal with this is being handed to the regional governments, um, not all centralised across the entire country. So, um, I mean, out here, Oblast, pardon me, um, they are having rising numbers of cases. And Pogrebniak himself has really come out quite strongly saying, you've got, you've got to be so careful. Um, people are asking, look, you're, how did you get it as an athlete? And he said, look, I did everything and more than what was recommended. I think that's positive in a sense that a player and a very high profile player is warning of this. But it's so far, 
just about manageable. I would say the number of players who have been infected purely because of the way that they're dealing with it, but it could easily get out of hand. And I, I, I worry before the season ends that it will be. Well, this is, the, this is a very good point, Andrew, um, that you brought up. It's the way that here, it's the same as in America, where each governor uh, and state um, here, all blast for <laughs> republic, have their own say on how to do things. Then it's, it's a stick that's been used to beat Vladimir Putin with that. He didn't sort of like put his foot down and tell everyone to do the same thing. Even in Moscow Oblast, it's basically laissez-faire, while in Moscow City, you have to be, you have your permit to move around the city. You know, Overall, there was also some interesting things that they're, they're banning away fans because we spoke last week, 10% of um, a stadium can be filled with fans, but only mm-hmm. home fans, correct? Yeah, yeah, it's just been confirmed today. Um, it was suspected. But to be honest, uh, and, and again, this is another difference between not every country, but most countries compared to Russia. The away fandom is, is a very minor thing other than when Spartak or Zenit or possibly the Moscow clubs. But even then, uh, Spartak have fans everywhere. Zenit have fans everywhere. Um, so there will be locals who will be in the home fan section of every, every time those two teams play there. Um, I mean, it, it makes a bit of basic logical sense um, if you can cut down the number of people travelling huge distances and especially bearing in mind what we've just said, how the different regions are dealing with it. If, if you've got, uh, you know, if Spartak come, they would bring maybe a thousand fans to your Katzenberg. They would bring that many. Yeah. If a thousand fans come to a region that is not had as many cases as Moscow, is not dealing with as strictly as Moscow and they return to Moscow, it's it's just going to make things even worse. Um, you, you've nailed that because, again, that's something that's it's been brought up time and again, and we know that Moscow is an epicentre. We've had coronavirus here yeah. since January. It has spread out from here, and the biggest panic, of course, is when people then start to leave Moscow or come into Moscow. And, I mean, we, we, we see it all too often at the moment where people are, you know, flying out. Of, I saw fl- uh, pictures of flights going from Domodedo today. And it was packed, absolutely packed. And people not observing, you know, social distancing. Why? Because they figure, oh, well, we're outside of Moscow uh, City. We're in Moscow Oblast, different rules. So it, it does, it makes a mess up. In, in terms of with Yekaterinburg, because um, Andy Mack brought up mm. last week the issues about getting two stadia in Moscow. It won't be the same situation out in with Ural. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's, I mean, Moscow is just a completely different case altogether. Um, and I would say, if as this whole case moves forward, I, th- I think we may well that end up seeing some slightly different, slightly stricter rules for Moscow for obvious reasons. In Yekaterinburg, the the stadium is is across the centre of of the city from the train station, oh. um, and the airport is also on the far side of the city as well. Um, and most people coming from the airport will get basically minibuses, the, the dreaded marshrutkas. That is about the least socially distancing method of transport possible. Um, I mean, there is, a, there is a metro line, a single metro line in Yekaterinburg, which, which runs to about 10 minutes walk from the stadium. But that, it runs once every 20 minutes and nobody really uses it that much. Most people will be in close proximity to others getting to the ground. But take away the away fans, and it does make that much easier because it is it is uh, an easy city to walk through. So for the local fans, getting to Centrani Stadium is actually quite easy. So I think the away fans being banned, okay, in theory, 
Um, in practice, is a different matter, I know, but in theory, yeah, well, I think it's a very yeah, sensible thing. Well, okay, no, that, that, that does make sense because I'm, I'm looking here at, say, Locomotive and even just getting in, you've got the Metro, you've got the MCK, the kind of the big circle line. It's going to be very, very tough as mm. well. And, of course, you've got buses and cars. But <clears throat> we've seen a lot this week, of course, since we spoke last, kind of America blowing up. And we saw then right. thousands right. of people marching in Dublin on a bank holiday Monday in the sunshine. And we saw people rioting in the centre of London. We saw Parisians rioting. Uh, they weren't marching. They just were rioting because that's what they do in nice weather. And it's summer. Um, and, of course, then protests left, right and centre in other countries as well. Toronto as well saw a few tasty scenes and Montreal as well. There, were, there was a bit of a disturbance. Yeah, so the protests have been continuing. There has been less looting going on, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> but, you know, the same, but yeah, the protests sort of, they've been continuing in a peaceful manner, which is, which is a good thing, I suppose. And sort of, there's been news with LeBron James and Drew Brees kind of going back and forth on Twitter. When well, actually, there was a third party involved. The lady who uh, two years ago told LeBron James to shut up and dribble. Because now the Drew Brees, he said that he's not going to support any cause that disrespects the American flag. You know, Black Lives Matter sort of falls into that category. You know, LeBron James, he sort of, he's been, he was very respectful. He was very classy, but he responded and he said that the, this, this isn't meant to disrespect the flag or the troops or anybody. This is sort of, his reality of America is a bit different from the reality of Le- that LeBron James had to face. Yeah. So I think both both parties are kind of right here. Uh, I don't think anybody's you know anybody should be blamed for any of this happening because you know both are sort of have valid causes that they're supporting. But exactly, because Drew yeah. Drew Brees brought it up uh, just so our listeners know that it was basically, but that he'd say that his grandfather's a servant second or like a servant of the U.S. Army, and that he felt that. You know, don't kneel and disrespect the flag. Stand there, be proud. But and and when I listened to his interview, um, he you know said, "Look, this is wrong. We should be together. We're all one. It, it's it's wrong. I don't believe we should disrespect the flag. That for me is disrespecting the flag." Which again, he didn't rubbish everything went on. He just put forward his point of view, which was very valid and it was very mature and and, and interesting. And, yeah, absolutely. This is just. Know, Sorry, this is just like the takes of like the, it just shows like the differences in the NBA and the NFL. It's two very different types yeah. of athletes playing there and two very different fan bases. Yeah. It just makes it, I think it makes it very hard though for an NFL player. I, I have a difficulty with his stance given that it's not due to lack of education on the issue because he's seen a colleague who has taken this stance yeah. and was blackballed across the NFL. And I just think I could understand his position on not disrespecting um, serving soldiers and ha- not disrespecting the flag if it wasn't for the fact that surely he understands from Kaepernick's stance on this matter that the whole point is it's an inequality that is being stood up against. It's not a case of saying they're they're saying they want America to be together and to act as one, but if you're disparaging against one aspect of the community, you can't feign ignorance on what LeBron, the point LeBron is trying to make. Yeah. And I think the problem is it shows it it just really makes LeBron's point for him. Well, and I unfortunately think, the lady who weighed in was horrendous. Yeah, Lord, she was Lord a former Ray yeah she's a Reagan she worked as a speechwriter for Reagan in a former 
yeah. life. So I think that's all we need to think about her. Yeah, I, I listened to Tony Dungy, who was the, um, I think he won two Super Bowls, um, quarterback, uh, again, uh, 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 an African-American. And what he said was, look, that you know, Drew Brees is entitled to his point of view. He understands where he's coming from. Tony Dungy's father as well had also served, came back from the Second World War, uh, was one of the Muskegee, in, uh, Tuskegee, sorry, in Alabama, one of the airmen, came back and, you know, like, and, and uh, Tony Dungy very beautifully uh, elaborated on sort of the issues they're facing. But at the same time, he said, I respect what Drew Brees has to say because I know he's a good guy. I know he's, he's not racist. He, he's putting his point of view. But it seems to be just so caught that you either shut your mouth and go along with it. Um, you can't ask questions. And even when I saw last week, just as you mentioned, Lisa, that, um, <laughs> that the, the NFL put up the symbol for like Blackout Tuesday and so forth, and they can put you guys blackballed a player for taking a stance. What, what has your take been on this whole past week of, uh, let's just say, uh, social upheaval? Girls, sometimes I just want to shut social media down. Um, I mean, I, I honestly think the presence of social media is influencing what people actually say more than the message itself. And that is almost, almost the saddest part. I, I, I agree completely with what you just said about um, Drew Brees not having the defence of ignorance. You know, because anybody on the planet, whether you like NFL or not, knows exactly who Colin Kaepernick is and exactly what and why he has been protesting. So I, I just find, you know, he may, he comes out with the apology, which was, I mean, just any apology was insincere for me because for the point you've just made. Um, but again, the apology, he had no choice or yeah. his advisors or team had no choice because if you don't post this on social media, regardless of the sincerity, so basically the, any message nowadays lacks sincerity you can never really be truly sure even if he was genuinely sorry and it's another sorry state of affairs to be honest he he made his point quite well he's an intelligent guy and he made it i didn't see why he should apologize for making a point he didn't say he deserved to die he he, he was like i don't think we should do this that's my point of view but people do what they want and this is where we're kind of this this balance like that you know we're we're being forced to look at one thing. I mean, what, well, one thing, because we're going to have to wrap up now in just a moment, but um, I'm going to go around and give everyone 30 seconds this time. So be careful. Alex B, 30 seconds. Um, and I'm going to ask each a question. Are Russia causing the riots and social unrest in America? I think Russia are behind most things. I blame the, I joke, I joke. I think if Donald Trump could say that there was something in any country that was at fault sure China are probably causing it all China are probably causing Russia who by knock on are causing everything in America let's blame the Chinese stick with the water with the whatever it is wet market in Wuhan they're behind everything don't blame the Russians uh, Alex B um, are you behind the uh, riots in Toronto and Montreal <laughs> absolutely not how can you prove it he's in Disney uh, uh, uh. by going off screen <laughs> yeah. but I, I, was, I was on your show as the riots were going on there was, we go i was in disney world maintaining there a you... safe and respectful distance from nicely done anybody alex you're a politician <laughs> andrew uh, is it right that the russian premier league is going to allow fans in the stadium yes simply because if they're going to go ahead with games in a controlled manner fans are going to be around 
it, they, not in as much numbers as in other countries, but you're not going to stop fans doing what fans want to do. Um, so if you're going to stage games, I think it's a, as long as it is controlled, it's almost a relief valve, if you like. Well, we're letting some of you in, so don't go nuts. I don't think it's going to work long-term, but short-term, if you're going to play, let some fans in, why not? Okay, perfect. Perfect time, 29-21. Perfect. Okay, guys, we're going to go away for